Welcome to Naomi's Table, a Bible study podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Spreeman. Check out all of our Bible studies at naomistable.com. Now, here's today's lesson in the book of James with teacher Beth Seifert. Welcome back to Naomi's Table and our study in the book of James. Today we're going to begin our study in the book of James with an overview. So we're not actually going to dig into the book today. We're just going to talk about who wrote it, when it was written, and why it was written. So the book of James was most likely written by James, the half-brother of Jesus. Now, there are several other Jameses mentioned in the New Testament, and so there's a little bit of discussion amongst theologians as to whether this James is the brother of Jesus, but the author of this letter assumes a position of authority in the church, so that already limits which James this could be. We can see in Galatians 1 and in Acts 15 that James, the brother of Jesus, was a leader in the Jerusalem church and part of the council of Jerusalem, so we know he was already in authority. So the consensus is that James, half-brother of Jesus, is this James writing this letter. This letter is actually the earliest written in the New Testament. This was written between 46 and 49 AD, even before Paul wrote his letter to the Galatians, and that was his earliest epistle. Now, when we look through the New Testament, we know that James, half-brother of Jesus, was not one of the twelve apostles. So James came to faith after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And we also know that he was truly converted, as we can see from the references to him in Galatians and in Acts. Since he wasn't one of the twelve, however, we don't see much of him throughout the New Testament and very little in the four Gospels. But we do have several accounts about James after his conversion that kind of help us to get an idea of his character. One nickname that James is said to have had was Old Camel Knees. This was given to him because he spent so much time on his knees in prayer that his knees became so calloused they resembled the knees of camels. Now keep that in mind as we go through this letter, and as you see James exhort the reader who desires wisdom to ask God who gives generously to all, and the same writer who rebukes those who come to God asking for something to spend it on their own passions. He knows something about prayer. James's life ended, as so many of the first believers did, in martyrdom. Multiple historians of the time record that James was killed in AD 62 by being thrown from the pinnacle of the temple and then being beaten to death with clubs. Now, make no mistake, throwing him off the temple was most definitely in response to his faith in Christ as the Messiah. His trust in Christ and his teaching regarding Jesus did lead to his death. In this short letter, five chapters and 108 verses, James gives 54 commands and his primary intended audience was to the Jewish Christians. He tells us right up front that this was written to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, so we know the focus is on Jewish believers. 
But this highlights also right away James's knowledge of and emphasis on the Old Testament. The original dispersion was an act of judgment, as the twelve tribes were dragged into captivity and exile. This dispersion is an act of grace, the spreading of the gospel, likely referring to the churches spread throughout Asia Minor, with the likely intention that this letter be passed around for the benefit of all. However, this letter also places all Christians of the time, Jew and Gentile, in the context of Israel being God's chosen people. By referencing the readers as the twelve tribes, we see that the body of Christ, the church, does have a place in God's story from the beginning to the end. Keep in mind also that at this time, after the first dispersion, they've lost a lot of the records of where the tribes were, the original twelve tribes. So by referring to the readers as the twelve tribes, James is in a way referring to them as the recreation of those chosen people of God. James is a God-centered book. We see in chapter 1 that God is the one who gives wisdom. God is holy and cannot be tempted to evil. Every good gift comes from God who is unchanging. In chapters 2 through 4, we see God is the giver of the law and the great judge. In chapter 2, we see that God is one and worthy of our faith. In chapter 3, that God is Lord and Father. And in chapters 4 through 5, that he is gracious, merciful, and compassionate. It all hinges on God. Many scholars have referred to James as wisdom literature of the New Testament, seeing a number of similarities with Old Testament wisdom literature, especially the book of Proverbs. Much of what James says here finds a parallel in Proverbs, and we can see his knowledge of the Old Testament throughout this letter, especially when he references Abraham and his justification. James gives the reader some extremely practical counsel on what Christian living should look like. While we do see James focus on the need for right doctrine, he doesn't stop there. James urges the reader to put feet on their faith and to truly live their faith. He briskly condemns those who would tell a brother in need, go in peace, be warm and filled, and not actually act on behalf of that brother to meet that physical need they have. James also encourages the reader to persevere in their trials, not to sin as they endure trials. He exhorts the readers to persevere knowing that a real judgment is really coming and warning them to be sure of whose side they are on. One huge caution he gives is to mind your tongue and be extremely careful about how we use our words. One issue that we see addressed in James that is still highly fought about is the issue of faith and works. James argues strongly that faith without works is not real faith, and because of the language he uses, many false gospels have pointed to James as evidence that we are saved by our works. However, as we go through this letter and this section in particular, we will dig into what James is actually referencing there. We'll go throughout other places in Scripture to let Scripture interpret Scripture about what's being taught so we can see that Scripture does not contradict itself, and James is not teaching a works-based gospel. This whole letter is not a long one, but there is so much meat in it, and especially in our day, as we see the stark difference between profession of faith 
and possession of faith, this is a letter we need to spend some time in to see what God has to teach us through James. So, ladies, take a few minutes today and read through the book of James. It may take you 30 minutes, but take the time to read through it as a whole letter before we jump in to break it up into pieces and go through it a bit at a time. Put notes where you come across things that you have questions on or things that stomp on your toes. And if you don't have any places that stomp on your toes, read the book again. Ask God to prepare your mind and your heart to dig into this gym as we open God's Word together. Ladies, the notes for this study can be found under the Bible Studies tab of the website naomistable.com overview.